Well, a happy new year and good morning to Relentless Church in the room and Relentless Church online joining us through our, our stream. As most of you know, uh, last week was supposed to be our first Sunday of the year. It was the first Sunday of the year. We can't even, we can't change that. Um, but it wasn't our first service of the year. And uh, the reason for that is, is COVID um, was running rampant through our staff, specifically through Raf Gonzalez's family and my family. We had positive tests everywhere and um, some mild uh, sickness uh, in comparison to somewhat what some have been through. So we're very thankful for your prayers, very thankful to be back, and want to be real clear that we're not in a season where we're, are we having church this week or not. That was a, uh, a special instance where we were, uh, as your leaders, we, we needed to not be here, so we made a decision to not um, start last week, but instead start this week, and, and that's okay. And we're starting a, a new year, a new season, a new series um, today called By Faith, and the, the title of this specific message this morning is Out with the Old and In with the New, All right? It's an appropriate title, right? You've heard that phrase in the new year, and I don't know about you. I don't know how Christmas went. Is it me, or did Christmas feel like a long time ago? Um, but did anybody get any, just by show of hands, did anybody get any new stuff? Anybody get any? All right. Some of you are wearing your new stuff. It's beautiful. So it's, it's a time, you know, where we kind of get some new gear, some of us, maybe some new kicks, maybe some new whatever. And that happened at, at my house. I got some, um, some awesome uh, stuff because I got some Panthers gear. I know that my Panther Nation online, all of y'all are online today, and you're clapping, and like, yeah, yeah, and why didn't you wear it? There's several reasons I didn't wear it. I won't get into that, but I got some, I got some new stuff, and I just want to say this, because this is relevant for where we're going as a church for this year. It's bigger than football. You know, we talk a lot about football, and you've heard the whole spiel. That's, you've heard it, right? So uh, it's a new year. The season, the regular season ends today. Uh, the Panthers are not going to make the playoffs. It's just kind of like put us out of our misery, let it be over, and it will be in just a few hours, um, but it's a new year, right? Next year's coming, all right, and everything, and, and I just want to plant this seed because what 2022 is going to be for the Carolina Panthers, you want to be on board with that. You don't want to be the one who gave up on them now, and then what's coming? Like, well, you've been saying that. No, everything about the era of this man who's our coach builds towards year three. It's come, just, just don't jump off quite yet, all right? It's going to be, so wear your gear pridefully, prayerfully. The season ends. We can, it's basketball season now in North Carolina. We can move on, but I'm telling you, our day's coming, not down the, you know, it's not blind, like it's. Everything's working almost like it should. You buying what I'm selling? No, you're not. That's all right. You'll see. You'll see. So in my house, um, a, a few years ago, once you move a few times, you know, you realize it's just ridiculous how much stuff you have, right? Um, and it just gets burdensome. And, and really, for me, my life changed when, uh, when my parents um, died and went to be with Jesus and we had to clean out their house and it was like, oh my goodness, like it's just, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to leave all that stuff, right? So we made, or I made, this is just me, it's not a rule, it's um, whatever you want to call it. I don't need all these clothes. I like, if it were up to me, I would probably wear three shirts because, you know, rotation every four days, stuff's clean, I just, you know. So, so I said, you know what, when, 
when I get a new shirt, I've got a limited number of hangers. I'm not adding hangers ever. So when a new shirt comes in, an old shirt's got to go out, right? So that way I'll never get past, I don't know what the number is. It's um, probably way too many, but here's the number of hangers I got, shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, whatever. When something new comes in, we're not adding hangers, so something else has got to leave, which was really easy because I had just, I'm a, I keep stuff more than I should. So I had all kinds of stuff that I never wear, probably doesn't fit, you know, all kinds of sentimental stuff. So it was easy for years to do that. Well, lately it's like, man, when I get something new and I go with, out with the old, it's like, man, this one hasn't made the cut for like five years. I've kept it. I didn't want to get rid of it. And now I got new stuff coming in and it's new stuff's coming in. Like I, it's definitely got a spot, which means an old stuff's got to go out. And man, I don't want to get rid of that. And I don't want to get rid of that. But I got, that's like the promise I made to myself. So we're sticking to it. So I got some new shirts for Christmas, right? So they got hangers and I'm looking at what's left and like something's got to go. And I'm looking and it's like, well, I've kept my dad's golf shirts. Weird, right? Right? They they have his uh, the the club he was a part of, like it's you know uh, Oak Valley shirts, and and when I he I can't believe um, this year in a month it'll be the ten year uh, since he's been gone, and I, and I look and, and when we first you know went through all their stuff they still smelled like him and I would you know and they don't smell they smell like my closet now um, they I, I don't go to Oak Valley I don't even play golf hardly ever um, and it was just like man, maybe this is, the, this is the cycle where those shirts go out. And I was like, well, you know, I'm trying to find a way to keep them. It's like, what? I'm never going to wear them. I'm not going to pass them down, right? My kids don't want them. It doesn't say anything about my love for my dad if I get rid of his shirts, right? I'm confident if he was on the earth, he would not care if I had his shirts in my closet. So they, they went in the box, out with the old, a lot of my dad's shirts that were in my closet are, are going. And I thought about, like, I was going like, to put them on a box in the stage and like, hey, if you want any of this before I take it with love from Jesus or guardian angel, whatever, you can. But then I was like, no, if I'm sitting up here preaching one day and I see one of you wearing one of my dad's golf shirts, like, I don't, I don't like it. That's weird. So I'm going to give them to people I don't know, but they're out. And, I, and I'd say all that to say in this new year as a church, but our church is made up of what? People. People is made up of you. You're the people. I just wonder what God has put on your heart if you would ask him the question, not about your closet, but about your life. What needs to go? What needs to be removed to make room for what needs to come in? What that was very pressing and relevant and involved in your 2021 needs to stay there in order for him to do what he wants to do in you and your family and your people and your friends in 2022. It's out with the old. What needs to go? What needs to stay? Because don't be scared of this. We, we talk about this all the time. We're a church that believes and is about transformation over transaction. Right, so we have to embrace transformation is God daily changing us, 
right? Transaction is, hey, God, if I do this and get this straight, will you do this for me? And, uh, you know, it's, a tra- it's not relational. It's, we, that's what we want. We want transformational. So some, some of you get scared. When I use the closet analogy, it's like, well, if something has to go, it might be something I don't want to go. And, I, and you're, you just get kind of, uh, stop, right? He's a transformational God who knows your name, as Joy said so beautifully. He wants the best for you. If you're scared to even pray, God, what would you want to remove from my life? There's a trust issue there. He doesn't want to take stuff away from you to make your life worse. He knows what you need better than you do. He just, we never get to the point of trusting and submission where we'll actually come to him and say, hey, I love this shirt. I think I'm not me without this shirt. But if you say that I'm better without this shirt, I'm going to trust you in that. And then you get to see your faith just grows crazy because when you make those moves to get rid of something that's really hard for you to get rid of or to keep something that you don't really, whatever, you see God show up in that in such a mighty, beautiful way. And he transforms us. Don't be scared of the God of the universe working in your life. But how is he going to work? It's going to start with you being open to saying, hey, what needs to go? What, what needs to go? My, my closet analogy, nothing in there I don't like because I've been through this for years, getting rid of all the stuff that was easy to get rid of. That's years before now. Right, so it, it may not be easy, but who wants easy, right? Transformation is beautiful. It's powerful. I just think so many of us are so scared of anything outside of our comfort zone or that could be supernaturally hard on our own strength that we don't ever take those steps and we don't ever take those steps, our faith never grows because we're really just living life in our own strength. So you don't get to see supernatural happen in your life. What's the path to supernatural? It's submission. What do you want to do with me in this year? This is a new, the calendar turn is a gift, y'all. Every year in our culture, we get to, it's just, you know, it's seasons and it's days. It doesn't, it's, it's a kind of a fake thing, but, it, but it's from God. God gave us this, season so we get to turn the page and it's fresh and it's new and that's a that's a gift and the title of the series is by faith and we want to we want those two little words by faith to to mark 2022 as a church we want to live by faith and that that phrase comes from a specific chapter in scripture where it says that i don't i haven't counted i should have it says that over and over and over and over again in hebrews 11 but i want to show you how Hebrews 11 starts is the first verse says, it doesn't say by faith. It says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. All right, so faith, we can all define faith and you can say it's this and I can say it's this. Well, here's how scripture defines faith. It's one confidence of what we hope for confidence in what we're hoping for. It's, it's not happened, right? It's not confidence in what already is. That doesn't take confidence. That's just is, right? This is confidence of what we're hoping for. What are we hoping for? We're hoping that the Jesus we always talk about that came to, to rescue and adopt us through the cross and through his resurrection, our hope is that that actually happened and that's real and we put confidence in that because that happened, then everything else he said would happen is gonna happen. And between the resurrection of Jesus and the return of Jesus, the key thing that's happening on the planet is God is building his church. And that's 
is taking ground, built on the gospel. And that's happening today. It's happening all through the corners of the world and crazy places where it's illegal to do what we're doing right now. And yet the gospel cannot be stopped. It won't be stopped. So we have confidence that the God who knows our name, who's invisible to us, will one day be visible, will be in the forever that we're focused on, this gospel-centered movement that we're a part of. It will require no faith, but we, it's not here yet. We need faith now to what? Not to, oh, I hope it works out. No, we're confident. We are confident as we can be as humans, flawed as we are, in what we're hoping for. God wants to build your confidence this year. God wants to build your confidence today. You will live differently this semester, college students. You will live differently in your marriage. You will live differently at your job if you go in tomorrow confident of what you hope for. And it's not just that. It's also assurance for what you don't see. Right? Some of you are like, well, that's, that's the opposite. How can I be sure? The only way I could be sure. I've had people tell me in this church, I, you know, people that don't follow Jesus and aren't sure. I would be sure if I could see Jesus raised from the dead. That would, I, if I could see it. But Scripture teaches us a faith that gives us assurance of what we don't yet see. That there is an invisible world happening in this room. We prayed up here just a few minutes ago that the spiritual forces of evil that are real, that we could clear the way for the gospel, the truth of God's love and who he is and what he's doing could could show up in this room, that there's an invisible battle for you, for your loved ones, that even through a camera and an online church, that there's invisible things happening in living rooms and, and, and later on in wherever coffee shops and cars and wherever people listen to Relentless Church, that there's always an invisible life happening that we can't see. So we're confident and we're sure, we're sure that what we see is not all there is to this life. If all there is to this life is what we can see, then man, what a messed up life this is. But no, it's, it's, it's so much happening in this room. There's so much happening with a loving, relentless God that is invisible, but yet real. So what's faith? It's confidence of what our hope is in and what is coming. And I tell you what we're closer to than we've ever been, that there is a forever. We are going to hold hands. We are going to look at Jesus visibly and be with him in a new place, in a new city, in a new earth, and it will last forever. That's not a fairy tale to get us through hard times. It's what's rapidly coming. And we're confident of what we're hoping for. And we're sure that in the meantime, there's all kinds of life happening that is not visible to the human eye. So that's how the chapter starts. And then after that, it goes and goes and goes and goes. And tons of paragraphs that start with these words, by faith. And it talks about people. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By faith, Rahab. By faith, by faith, by faith. And it talks about what people did. Here's a small sample. People, by faith, they offered stuff. They built stuff. They went places. They blessed. They hid. They refused. They instructed. They left. They passed through. They conquered. Some, Some, by faith, they went somewhere. Some, by faith, they stayed somewhere. And all these different figures and people that walked this earth and were part of what we call the Old Testament or the Old Covenant, it just goes through. Some people have called this chapter the 
kind of the hall of fame of faith, and it walks through by faith. And God just put this on my heart months ago that that's my story, and that's the church, relentless church story. Like, what do we want this story to be? By faith, we what? What 2022, what do you want it to be said? At the end of this year, by faith, you what? Survived, right? It's got to be a higher bar than that. By faith, you what? And it seems to be very individualized. And sometimes it can trip me up, right? Because if you read that chapter, and that's kind of the goal. Anytime I can connect you to scripture and you want to say, I want to know more about that, and you go home and read it, that's a huge win, right? So Hebrews 11 would be great for you to jump into as an individual or as a family this week, because it just walks you through all these people. Here's what they did. Here's how they lived by faith. But, but I read that, and I'm like, my goodness, these, these people conquered stuff. You know, they started nations. Like, they, they, their faith was so big. These are massive things they did. And you get intimidated. Like, well, I don't know what I could do massive by faith. But you got to read to the end. See, the, the end of Hebrews 11, it talks about all these crazy things that they did. Crazy things. But then it says... That they, they, all, they were all the setup. They didn't know what we know because everybody mentioned in Hebrews 11 was before Jesus, right? So their faith, they were, they were acting, but it was before Jesus. Now Jesus has come. He's the one that does massive things. We're on the backside of Jesus. Jesus already shown up, died for our sins, rose from the dead. And what's more massive than that? We're just living out of that. So you may not make the headlines. You may not be famous. Nobody might be writing about us in 100 years. That's not the point. The point is that we would live our lives by faith. Leave the massive to Jesus. He's really good at taking our daily obedience and making it massive. And sometimes we see that on earth, and a lot of times we don't. What would it look like this year for us to live by faith? What is faith? Well, it's confidence of what you're hoping for, and it's assurance of what you don't see. What would your life look like this year to live by faith. By faith automatically includes like getting out on a limb a little bit. Right? You can't live by faith in, in safety and in, in comfort. That kind of goes against what it is. And I think as we move ahead and we're in 2022, I think it's important to look back for a second as we go where we're trying to go this year. Uh, I listened uh, to some of my message that I preached on this stage in January of 2020. Um, and, and it was so exciting, and I did this whole thing. I thought it was funny that you can't really hear the laughter on the tape, but I'm sure people were laughing. But I did this whole thing of how we haven't had a real decade since the 90s because the 90s had a name, and then we didn't know what to call the zeros because you can't call them the zeros because that's insulting. So people just kind of didn't talk about it. And then we just got done with the teens, but they weren't the teens because they started in 2011, which by definition isn't a teen. It's a preteen. So we stroll. So the, the 20s, that's the first decade that we could, like, has a name in 30 years. And like, if you go back in the last 100 years, the only, the only decade that had a nickname other than what it was called was the Roaring 20s, the 1920s, like the 30s, the 40s, the 60s were crazy, but they didn't, they didn't get a, the roar. And now we're redoing the 20s, right? Most of us, the first time. We've done the 20s. A few of you lived through the 1920s, but we won't talk about that. So the 20s, and it was so, this was January of 2020, probably, you know, two months before the pandemic came. And it was, hey, this is going to be the best decade of our lives, of our church, of, you know, and prime and all this stuff. And um, it was interesting to listen to my own voice from just what feels like 10 years ago, but was just two short years ago. And I believe 
I believe everything I said then, I believe it still today. But obviously when I preached that, I didn't see what was coming. And the, the start of these roaring 20s has, has been rough. And, and I think um, I, we, we've referenced some of this, but I think it's important today on our first service of the new year to say out loud what we've walked through in order to go where we need to go. Um, I think it is important to grieve. I think we're coming out of that grief, but I think you can't grieve without acknowledgement. So I just want to maybe for the last time from this day to, to honor where we've been. And obviously the hardest part of that is, is death. And you can look at stats and all that, and people can't even agree on that. But, but I think for us, it comes down to not stats, but, but people that were part of us that are no longer here because of COVID-19, coronavirus. Um, and, and again, we always try to be really respectful of families, but just so you know, um, we've had multiple funerals in the last two years uh, that I've officiated that are relentless people uh, and or relatives of relentless people. Um, and, and, you know, you can watch Jimmy Fallon or Stephen Colbert or whatever, and there's always punchlines. I'm not mad about any of that. I don't know that that's wrong or anything. I'm just saying there's families among you that there'll never be a funny punchline to Corona because it will always remind them of what they lost. And that's obviously at the top of the list of what we grieve is death, but it's, it's a lot more than that of what we've lost. I think we underestimate, and we're, some of us are introverts, some of us are extroverts. It's really not about that. God designed us for the human touch. Um, as far as I know, I don't get to visit a lot of churches, but I used to. As far as I know, we're about as a hugging church as there is pre-pandemic, right? And now it's like so weird, like you don't even know. Is that, is that a, like, now Nanny, if you guys know Nanny, my mother-in-law, she, she's above all corona rules. She'll still hug you. <laughs> she, she's going to hug you. And I love, but seriously, we are, we are made to hug and be hugged. And we've lost that, right? I... I, I I, I think there's so much to facial. I, I think, I do, we, talk, we prayed for our guest services team this morning. I think a smile can actually change somebody's day. And, and just the inability to see people's faces, to know, like, I just made a joke. Are you smiling under that mask? Or, like, you know, there's so many things that we've lost interpersonally, relationally with how we communicate and how we just are and and it's not just that, it's relationships. When you can't smile, when you can't see somebody's face, when you can't touch, when for many months you can't even be in a room together, like relationships suffer. Yes, we can get on a Zoom call, and yes, that's beautiful and thankful, and it's better than nothing by a mile. It is not the same. You know that. We know that. And it's been hard. At the end of the day, the church is what I said it was earlier. It's a body of Christ. What is the body made up of? It's made of parts, which in the body of Christ that's made up of people. And when people can't grow closer together, or it's hard. It's been just very, very difficult. Our staff is awesome. I love them. I can say that wholeheartedly. Um, but for so many meetings in 2020, and even in 21, so many meetings were about what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, what protocols, what requirements when, how, online church. Man, it was just not what any of us got into ministry for. 
And our relationships, like we've been together more than the other, like we meet, but our relationships have not been the same in the pandemic because it's just hard. And sometimes it's smart not to be together. We used to like to get together with spouses and families and kids, and we haven't been able to do that in two years. We finally were going to have a Christmas party. Takesha, who we hired a year ago, we've never had Takesha and her family at a staff event. We've had plenty of times with Takesha, but as far as her husband and kids, like we just didn't do that in 2021. So we're going to have everybody together for the first time with Takesha, you know, uh, a few days before Christmas. And then I was around somebody who had tested positive, so I needed to like, hey, just so y'all know, um, I'm feeling fine, but here's where we're at, and then discussions and texts, and like, well, maybe going into Christmas, it's not smart, you know, and I finally was like, let me make the executive decision. This is the perfect ending to 2021. Let's cancel our Christmas party, right? Right, the perfect ending, let's do an online Christmas party. Wouldn't that be fun over Zoom? I, I didn't have the energy or the desire to do that. So sarcastically, jokingly, but not, we, we did. We was like, okay, we'll, we will get together. So we're still waiting for the staff and spouses and families to get together for the first time in two years. And that's hard. And, and it's, it's bigger than that. We're a church, we always use this phrase, the untold and unconvinced. We're a church for the untold and unconvinced. That's how we, we built this thing. We meaning God, but we, we started the church saying, is there really a need in Wake County for just another church? I don't know that I can make that case that there is, but, but there is a need for a church that's going to reach out and make a home and make a space for this, one of the 700,000 people in Wake County that don't have a relationship with Jesus. 700,000. That's what, there, there is a need for that. So we're built on the gospel and we love Christians and a lot of us are Christians, but we try to say things and work things and design things so that those who don't, aren't here could come in and be amongst us because that's built on a belief and the belief is stronger than it's ever been. Of those 700,000 people, are there some that just are done and have rejected the gospel and want to live for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. But a ton of them, a ton of those 700,000 people, no doubt in my mind, they're not here because they've never been told a clear, compelling presentation of what the gospel is and gospel isn't. They have rejected a performance religion that Jesus himself rejected. They just haven't ever been told what it really is about. That's not right, y'all, that you know people that aren't here with no relationship with Jesus, not because they rejected the gospel, because they've never seen it lived and demonstrated and taught and preached. And then there's a whole nother group of people that's probably bigger, that's unconvinced. They've heard the gospel. They've never been convinced by the power of the gospel that's actually worth living your life for. So we, we said we're going to start a church in 2014 with a heart for the untold, unconvinced. And when people started coming, and then 90% of our growth in the first five years, 90% of our growth was from you working with somebody, going to school with somebody, living you know, around somebody, or being a friend of somebody, and said, hey, you should come to church with me. Most of the times, the conversation went like, I don't go to church. And then we were taught and trained to say, perfect, you'll love our church. We're a church for people that don't go. Well, that scratched some head, and people showed up, and people came to Christ, and it was through invitation. And if there's one thing that we just doesn't feel right, especially in the early part of this pandemic, what you're not doing, you're not inviting somebody to church, right? Come with me and catch a virus that might kill you, right? <laughs> That's a hard pitch, especially for someone who doesn't know Jesus, right? They kind of don't want to be here. They're not sure there's a bunch of preconceived ideas about church, so we lost that. DNA piece. We didn't lose the DNA, but we lost the ability to live that out for the untold and unconvinced. And part of what gets heaven rocking 
according to scripture? It's people that don't follow Jesus coming, hearing the gospel, and then getting baptized into Jesus. Like Luke 15, lost sheep, lost coin. Like that's, that's our heartbeat. You know, and, and early on, it was tough because we were a brand new church, but then we, we were averaging, it's not about the number, but we were averaging 15, 20 baptisms a year. Some of those were kids. Most of those were adults who had lived their whole life hearing something about God, but had never had a personal relationship with Jesus, right? So that's more than one a month, man. We were rocking and rolling 17, 18, and 19. Now, for 2020, 2021, those two years combined, we, we baptized six people. Now, six people, six people. Praise God for six people. Again, the number, we, we, but, but why? Because the gospel got a little less powerful? No, because we, we weren't able to really reach out and do what we do on the scale that we do it because, because of, the, of the pandemic. That's not anybody's fault. It's just telling you what is. And it's not just about new people coming to Christ. The, the things that get our blood pumping around here, new people coming to Christ and people that have come to Christ being transformed day by day, transformation over transaction. That's what gets us going. And people have changed and God has worked in the last two years. But the scale and as a church, it's been really hard because how do we transform together when we can't be together. I just like less than a month ago, I had two conversations in the same day with people, this is crazy, people that have come to our church in 2021. So their first introduction to Relentless Church was right in the middle of the pandemic. These people don't even know each other. And I had two conversations with two different folks in the same day in December just, you know, kind of getting to know and answering questions about our church. And both of them asked the identical question, which was like super God clear. Okay, I hear you. Their question was, does Relentless like believe in community? Like, do we, as a church, do we want to like get to know people, love each other? One, one one person asked, if I asked somebody in the church over to dinner, would that be offensive? Would they be offended? I was like, well, it depends on who you ask, right? We've got some people be offended by breathing. But no, <laughs> the answer is, so you know, and, and we forget we've had so many people in this room even that you don't know relentless except in the pandemic. And I haven't said it because it didn't cross my mind. It was like, I need to say, hey, we do believe in community, we do want to get to know each other. Man, when we were at the theater in the lobby, it was loud and crazy and people, and we hug each other. And, and, and in this building, the, the hallways, and back here, we used to have this stuff. I don't know if you remember. It's called coffee and donuts, right? It was crazy, and it was natural to introduce yourself. Hey, I don't know if I've ever met you. You may have been coming here a long time. And, and we were good at that, and we want to get to know people. We want to get in homes. Raph did a whole series called Tabling that was a foundational series for our church of the, the gospel works across the table, and we want to get in each other's homes and table together. That is who we were, but it's not who we've been for obvious reasons in the pandemic, but it's who we're going to become again. And it's going to take some work, but we're down for it. And it's just been a season where we couldn't do stuff that we wanted to do. Welcome to Relentless is, is a, we call it a kind of an orientation experience, but it's such a big thing to get you into what we're trying to do and what we're about and how you fit into that. And we, we planned to do it, you know, originally three times a year or four times a year, once a quarter or so. 
And then the pandemic hit right when we got that rolling. So we were able to have one in 2021. It was awesome. Uh, we have one on January 31st. I know that's soon. We'll see how things go. We hope to open those signups this week and hold that date. But those are import so important. It's a Monday night. We just come. We've never been to Welcome to Relentless. And you need to be there on the 31st, you know, if you're healthy. But we haven't been able to do the normal things. And I just want to... I just want to say out loud that it's changed us. Like some things that were natural for us two years ago are not natural now. We're going to have to have patience and grace with each other, but we're going to get back to some of those things. It's changed me. I, um, I feel like I can only say this so many times. I feel like I'm already at the limit of how many times I can say this from stage, but go with me. Um, I'm trying to eat a little healthier. That's, that's the thing that I feel like. How many times are you going to say that? Um, but I really, uh, it was uh, December uh, I don't know, a month ago, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to go fast food. Um, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to go to Panera up here at White Oak, you know, a little short drive. I'm going to drive through Panera, bring it back to the office here, and, and I'm, I'm committing to this, right? So I went up to Panera, and I went there, and it was the weirdest thing. They had an SUV with no sign or anything, an SUV blocking the, like, sideways blocking the drive through I was like, it's, you know, somebody... No, no way somebody wrecked right there. So I pulled in, and it's like, it, clearly, they were probably understaffed. So they had closed the drive-thru. There was a bunch of cars. You could see people inside. The place was open, but the drive-thru was closed. Well, I'm a stubborn man. I wanted to drive through, get Panera, come back here. Right? And I thought, it was a beautiful day. It wasn't cold. There was no reason. I can go in. You can do contactless order, get my food, go. But I thought... I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to deal with one human. It wasn't a bad day. I wasn't in a bad mood. I just thought, there's Zaxby's right there next door. All right? Okay. Zaxby's. Jaden's with us. The drive-thru was open, and I went right to Zaxby's, and I got my Cajun club with fries and Zax sauce and a big old fat vanilla Coke, and it was awesome. And I, and I made that decision 50% because... I really wanted the Zaxby's probably, so it was about the food. But I'm telling you, 50% was. And I would have never done that two years ago. It would have never crossed my mind. Go in and see strangers. Like, I don't, I don't talk to anybody. It had never crossed my mind. Not to, like, what? That's not a hard thing. I didn't want to deal with humanity. Right? I'm putting that on the, on the pandemic, you may disagree. Like, that, that's, that's just not me. And that's not who I'm going to be. I'm going to go back one day. I'm going to work up the nerve. I'm going to go in Panera. I'm going to talk to people. It's, it's okay. But I'm just saying, we got to admit, like, it's okay. It's, it's taken some things from us. They're not things that are dead, that can never come back. God, if anything, what is he? He's a God that brings things back to life. We know that. And he's going to have to bring a lot back to life. I, I had an assignment. I've talked about my coach many times. His name's Dean Troon. He's a 70-year-old man. He lives in Arizona now. But we talk every other week. And I'm in a group of other people that he coaches. It's called a legacy group. And we get together once a year, although not lately. And, and he gave us an assignment from December to our last meeting to, to share a God-sized dream for the year of 2022. And I read that email of that assignment, and I just got mad. I don't want to dream, right? And then I started to pray through it, and, and it came to me that I don't know how to dream. I used to be a really good dreamer. That was part of who I was. I loved to dream. I might have dreamed too much. And for the last two years, 
I've been trying to figure out how to get through. And I've forgotten, I've not exercised the dream muscle. It was the hardest thing for me to even come up with an answer to that question. And if I've maybe lost a little bit of ability to dream, I bet I'm not the only one. And I know God wants his people to dream and he has dreams for us. And he's bringing that back to life in me. The process was hard, but it was good. I'm not going to get into any of that right now, but he's put some beautiful things that are starting to come alive. We just, we just got to get back to living by faith. As we live by faith, the dreams will come, the interpersonal, the relationships will come, the community will come, the baptisms will come, all the stuff will come. It's just about, are you sure that he's there, even if you can't see him, because he is, and are you confident of what we're hoping and driving towards. So I told you in in an email or you got a text if you're on our text list that uh, we had an announcement today. And that's just out of that by faith. What does by faith look like for us in the short term, right? The long term is a whole nother conversation. But in the short term, by faith, we we feel as a staff confident um, that we need to put a date and we're doing that today that we're going to go back to two services starting on March 20th of 2022, not like 2027, right? March 20th in two short months. And I tell you that, and I know it's a little bit, it may feel a little bit like I'm pumping the Panthers and we're gonna, it's gonna all turn around as we sit here and finish a season at whatever, five and 12 or whatever we finish that and and all kinds of issues or whatever. I know things are bad out there. I know a ton of you that would normally be here are online because you don't feel well or because everybody you know doesn't feel well and it's just, you know, risk reward. I get all that. Right, We're not saying next week, but March 20th, by faith, we're trusting it's a different environment, it's a different world, and we're coming back full force. Full force means two services. We'll get the times and all that figured out between now and then. Full force means coffee. Right? Hey. And maybe donuts. we got to figure that out. I don't even know the place we got donuts. I don't even know if they're still open. Right? There's a lot of stuff. But March 20th, two services, the flow. Right? And we're going to start inviting people back to church, people that need Jesus, people that have had the toughest two years of their life and need Jesus. And we just haven't, we haven't said that, I haven't said that one time. Hey, invite all your people because like, don't invite them really early on because we were separated and social distance. And if you did invite people, everybody's going to get sick. And that's not a good introduction to Jesus, right? I came to church for the first time. I got sick, right? So we're coming out of that. And I know the numbers are horrendous. They're horrendous right now, so wouldn't, why would you say that today? Because by faith, and I'm not, I didn't have a, a vision of God saying March 20th, but we did pray and seek God, and we're trusting that on March 20th, things are going to be completely different than they are today. And this is not a huge church, but it's not a tiny little, ch- like for us to do two services and do it well, like we, gotta, we got some work to do as a church, and we'll be talking about that between now and then. The, the other thing that's going to change on March 20th is we're going to stop streaming the service, right? And we do not take that decision lightly. There's two reasons for that. Number one, when we started this church, we talked about health. When you serve in our kids' areas or whatever, we talk about, and it's so important to have two services because you can serve in a service and you can attend a service. So important. And we want to take care of people. We want you to work hard. There's nothing wrong with being tired on Sunday afternoon. That's holy. We don't want families to get burnt out and hate church because we work them so hard. It should be a joy. We talk about that with our staff all the time. Well, streaming 
maybe more than anything in our church's history, has, has taken so much. We, we, we've tried, and this is on me, we've tried to act as a church of 1,000, 2,000 people that have a staff of video producers and six people, full-time jobs to do all this. We don't have any of that. And, and it's just been a couple people that so much stuff, too much stuff has fallen on one or two people to try to stream and, and, and figure out the technology and, and host the deal and get the cameras. And, and even, even as you know, as you know online, even when we do everything right and our people are like, everything is done perfectly. And then something goes wrong on a platform six states away that we have no control over Easter, right? We had everything ready in Easter and, and in so many churches in the country were using the same product. It just crashed in the middle of the, our Easter service and people that were tuned in in 2020, it just crashed over and over. Like we just, we're at the point, if, if I keep asking our people to do what it takes to stream this and stream it well and try to mix and stuff, some stuff we can't even get to, if we keep doing that, we're just gonna run people into the ground. Now, why have we done it if it's been that hard? We've done it because there's people that are immune compromised and sick that cannot be apart any other way. And that's good and appropriate. And we're going to keep doing that the next two months. But on March 20th, we're done, right? We're going to be here in person on two services. And if you're one that is immune compromised or, or sick and can't make it, you can still get the content. You can still, you can still listen to the service. It's just not going to be streamed live because we just, we're not capable of doing that in a healthy way. That's one reason. The other reason is just honestly, like I was so excited. We said this and we meant it when, when the pandemic hit. Like what if this had hit 30 years ago? We couldn't do anything that we did, right? The online, like we're so thankful for that. But I gotta be honest, man, one of those first Sundays where we're all sitting in our living rooms, I'm sitting with my family, trying to figure out how to worship in the living room, right? And the dogs and the food and the bathroom and the other option. Like, it was just like, this is, this is weird. And I'm so thankful. There's so many of you have been so faithful. You can't be here because of the job you work or stuff. And you're there online every week and we love you and we're with you and we're going to make sure you stay with us. But we just need to admit what God designed us for was not online church. I, I went and saw, I, I, part of my, I used to be an extrovert and still am sort of, but I'm an introvert Part of my introvert is I love to go see movies by myself, right? If you ever happen to be in a movie theater in the Raleigh area and you see me, I don't want to talk to you, right? <laughs> I want to talk to you outside, but I'm at the movie for one reason, so I don't have to talk to you. So don't talk to me there. So I went to see King Richard, right? And I was excited to see King Richard. I don't know what to expect, but it was a, if you don't know, it's a, Will Smith is, is Richard Williams, who's the father of Serena and Venus Williams. Um, and I knew some of the story, uh, but man, this movie, I, I thought it'd be good. It blew me away of how good it was. Like the story, I thought about taking my team, my varsity girl basketball team uh, as young athletes. I, but, I, but I started with my family. I just came home a few days. I was like, man, we should go see this. Like this is, like this is where, like this is a powerful movie to me. I don't care. If you don't like it, that's fine. But, but somebody, I don't even remember who, I'm not calling anybody out today. Somebody in my family is like, well, I, it's, we could stream it. I was like, no, either we're going to the theater and watching it fully invested or we're not watching it 
Because if we stream it, here's what's going to happen. Somebody, some, some kid's going to come, you know, want, want to play. Somebody's uh, going to ring the doorbell. The dog's going to need to go out. Somebody's going to need the bathroom. Somebody's going to get a phone call. Somebody's going to get hungry. And you're going to see bits and pieces of King Richard. But that's not the kind of movie that it is. You got to sit there. When I go to the movie, our phones are off, right? You don't have any choice. If you're smart, like I am in a movie, you plan your bathroom leading up to the movie so there's no chance. Even in a three-hour movie, you're not going to miss anything because you can't pause a movie, right? So we're, we're, we're either going to see it fully or we're not going to see it, which we're not going to see it. We know they still haven't seen it, right? That's where we didn't fare fast. Okay. And there's a way, I know there's a way to stream. The analogy falls short because some of God has moved in our church services online because some of you put your phones away and some of you don't have dogs and some of you have really good attention spans and some of you are all, and that's beautiful. And we're so thankful. We're just saying what God designed his church to be. When you're coming in here, some of you are looking at me with eye contact, I can't see your faces, but, but, and I know your brains can get distracted, but this is different in hearing what God wants to say to your heart and, and, and worshiping him together. It's just different than it is at home. And if you need to be at home, you need to be at home as you're not lesser than, and, and maybe you need to be online the next few months, but on March 20th, if you're a relentless church, that means you're in the building. On one of our two services and hopefully serving the other, we'll get to all that. But for us, it's time out with the old and it served a purpose and we're thankful for it, but it's in with the, with the new and we're coming back to life. And the beautiful thing, there's all kinds of crazy church stories that you've heard of and, and, and then we've, you know, we've experienced where, where a church gets rocked and it tries to come back to life from scandal or from bankruptcy or somebody stole something or somebody did something or there's division over all these issues and you got to try to, that's not what, I, that's not us. Like we did not do things perfectly. Don't get me wrong. We made, I made mistakes for sure, but we're coming back to life from a pandemic that wasn't our fault. But it took some things from us, but God is good and Jesus is alive and we're out with the old and and we're in with the new, and the new starts today with that announcement, and it starts with the question, what, what dream would God want to put into you for 2022? And in order to get to that dream, what would he want you to get out of your life to make room for something that he wants to bring in? Father, as we start this year together as a church, we want to live by faith. God, would you give us a taste right now in this prayer? Would you give us a taste of what it's going to be like when you end this life as we know it, when you split the clouds, when, when Jesus is visible to all mankind, when every tongue confesses that you are Lord and every knee bows? Would you give us a taste of how sweet it's going to be when we don't pray to an invisible God, but we see you face to face? And with our confidence that you're real and who you say you are and we are who you say we are, would you give us a confidence of what we're hoping for and an assurance that there's all kinds of things that we don't see and may we live our lives by that faith more in 2022 than we ever have. Would we dream, give us the space and the confidence and the ability to dream again. May we be a church that's centered on the gospel, focused on forever. May we be the multi-ethnic movement that you've called us to be. May we, give, may we be done with some of the stuff that we need to be done with. 
May you be personal in hearts and minds in this place and online right now. There's some things that people do not want to let go of, Lord, but in the end, they're holding them back and they've just got their hands so tight around things that they gotta let you free them of. Help us be done without the old and bring in this new covenant, this new relational, transformational, beautiful life. Help us live that life. I pray your blessing on as we go. We pray for the folks that are sick, that health will just come like a mighty wave, that we will be past this, that we will live again, and that we will build towards March 20th starting today. It is in Jesus' name we pray and go. Amen. Happy New Year, church. See you next week.